Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. If you are watching today at supertalk.tv, you are seeing me smiling, almost grinning, Yeah, that's right. Spring equinox is tomorrow, and our favorite time of the year as gardeners is off and running. So, what else? Why else am I smiling? Well, I get to say things today like howler monkeys and permafrost thaws (laughs) and open house. Excuse me. I get to talk to you about what's happening in April, as well as what's happening in March. And quite frankly, a few observations of my own um, today, but I want to start with one from Mark Twain, because he said it better than I did. Um, Spring, I can count 136 kinds of weather inside 24 hours. So if you are looking at the week's forecast or if you've lived through the previous week, thank goodness we all made it, guess what? Here it comes again. Here's some more rain. Here's some more storms. Now, having just learned today that Nashville is having its snowiest season ever, good morning, darling. Um, I'm sorry about that, but I'm I'm not there because, frankly, I'm so glad to see that we are here in Spring. That's right. The equinox tomorrow morning at 10.30 a.m. Central Time, well, 10.33 to be precise. The spring equinox happens, and that means that, of course, we, we manage to reach the next phase, the next part of the gardening year. Now, you may or may not um, be as crazy about things that I'm crazy about, like spireas and um, the, the the various and sundry flowering almonds in bloom, tulip trees still kind of hanging on. But if you really like, and I bet you do, vegetable plants and transplanting and those kinds of things, hang on for just a minute, okay? I'm going to be celebrating spring on April 2nd. At Gaddison McLaurin, of course, that the magnificent folks that we so enjoy visiting with every year, well, almost every year, Bonnie Plants is going to be there, Makita is going to be there, and you and I are going to be there. Now, it's a big weekend, of course. They only have an open house once a year. On that Friday, darling, precious, wonderful, brilliant broadcaster Rebecca Turner will be there with her show, and then... Saturday morning, I will be there with weekend gardening. Food, beverages, prizes, great deals, and uh-huh, like always, live music. So y'all come with me. We're going to have a good time at Gaddis and McLaurin Mercantile. All right? All right. Now, on to some news that's not quite as much fun as all that. I didn't even know, I, if you've ever stepped on a stinging caterpillar or some such thing and, or, or had one bite you on your arm and watched your arm swell up, you know, like it, it never had before, you have 
the idea about this story that I'm about to give to you. Fortunately, we are not in Maine, the state of Maine, although there are a couple people that I consider my friends who live there, and they might be listening today. However, the invasive pest that is known there, it's a brown-tailed moth, but it's the larvae that have stinging hairs in the same way that we have the ones in our part of the world. They're just we're, we're more used to it because they've been here longer. In this particular case, this woman's terribly allergic to it and for a couple of years has been trying to get somebody to do something, help her figure out how to control this. She lives by the water, lovely place, I'm sure, called Pleasant Pond. Why else would you name it that? But there, there's trees there. You can't cut them down. That erodes the shoreline. It ruins the view. All that sort of stuff. Can't do that. In in the same way that injecting the trees that harbor the moths or drenching them with a pesticide that will control everything is not good for that environment because it's a fairly lame, fairly um, thrifty environment anyway. So here comes even man. I'm reading this to you because it comes out of the the newspaper in that particular part of the world in Litchfield, Maine. I love this. There's a company in Quebec, ironically called D-E-D Leaves, L-E-A-V-E-S. And what they do is they manufacture things, including this particular drone for cutting out the nests in the trees and therefore getting rid of the moths before they can hatch. I love this. And the video is pretty cool. <laughs> he said, okay, here we go. And they proceeded to – and the cutter's on the drone, and there's no damage to the tree that you can see. Of course, we'll know later on whether or not it had any other effects. But it, the insecticides are problematic. Cutting down the trees is impractical. But calling in the drones, it's another case where I want you to remember – They won't iron my cotton shirts, but we might be able to do some nest removal of things like, in particular, this. If this works and it turns out that it's slowed down enough that this woman can actually enjoy her property, I'll bet you there's going to be a lot more people that want that particular treatment or control measure. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Greg and Nettleton is already in on the text line. Good morning to you. Thank you very much. I know this as blackberry winter when it's nice and cool after it's been warm, and then we look for it to freeze again and freeze the flowers on the blackberries, which can be happening as late as late April, okay, in, in our part of the world. the um, My blueberry flowers did not freeze. I hope yours didn't. So that's, that's something we don't know. Um, oh, stinging caterpillars. I'll have to get you their technical name. I can't think of it right this second, but I will get it. Um, one of those things you learn and then you stash it away in your head i have so i have a complaint or actually i don't have a complaint i have a solution let's try that there are there are things that we do on a routine basis right there we, we when the time changes it's what made me think of this when the time changes we generally speaking check the batteries in the smoke alarms and carbon monoxide detectors inside our homes right it's a practical thing. Um, there, there are a lot of little things like that that you do kind of by cue of, of the time of the year that it is. I want to know when is the time that we get somebody to go around and look behind us at our taillights if our truck or car is too old for there to be an automatic sensor that records that and reports it to you on your dashboard. I was driving down the street today, a lovely four-lane street that I appreciate very, very much, and right in front of me there was a truck with the right 
rear light out and a car with the left rear light out. If it had been foggy, I would have thought there was one really wide load in front of me. I mean, it's not, it isn't really for, for the car you're in. It's for the other people that you don't want to hit you. Okay? Check your taillights. Come on now. 888-808-8637 is the telephone number here, the Super Talk call line. Welcome in. 601-879-4395 is the C Spire text line. We appreciate that very, very much. Um, Paula's in Dentville. Oh, it was a pleasure to see you at Buds and Blooms. Thank you very much. It was fun. Y'all, y'all are great. It was a good time. Uh, th- that's just a lovely nursery. I, we're, we're so fortunate in our state. We have garden centers that are really destinations, and we need to have just a tour. We need to go first here and then there and uh, you know take a bus because there's so many great ones. Really fun stuff. Hey, Sissy, thank you very much. It's a pre- pleasure to hear from you today. Um, Ken and I are going back and forth about the, um, the the filing systems in our brains. He says his has a spam blocker. I think sometimes mine does, too. <laughs> we all feel that way, don't we? Well, that brings us to a, an interesting study that's out th- for this particular week um, from the University of California, San Francisco, which, by the way, is... Really, if you ever have the opportunity to participate in any kind of study that they're doing, they're really interesting. I, I got the chance to do that years and years ago, um, and they're they're fun. They do they do interesting stuff. In this one, they're trying to figure out how come some people get more sleep, more out of less sleep. In other words, is it genetic? And they they've determined that they believe it is. The quality of your sleep may be determined that way, and therefore you can sleep five hours. I guess the classic example is Thomas Edison, who would sleep for two hours in his shop and get up and invent the light bulb. I mean, it's a little bit broad, but, you know, that that sort of thing. And then he would get up and do something else and go back to sleep for two hours. And that was what he needed. Unfortunately, I believe he expected everyone else to live that way, too. And so he was never particularly happy with his labor force. But some people really do sleep only four to six hours a night and do beautifully. Other people... um, and other people, not so much. I, I think of teenagers. They're not only how much, but when. Teenagers who have to get up and go to early classes, like 7 o'clock to go to, to, to high school, oftentimes don't do as well as those whose high school begins at a later point in the morning. Now, granted, all that disrupts the rest of the household, you know, because not everybody can make that make those changes in things like, oh, I don't know, breakfast, transportation, you know, all those things that go into life. But there are differences in the way people react. So this particular study is trying to understand these things. But I'm a little distressed because they're calling them elite sleepers. I'm I'm a person who can fall asleep anywhere for a short period of time. And wake up sometimes feeling better, sometimes not. I can sleep on an airplane and, and usually wake up and, and be energized. But I have had other situations where I would take a nap and then wake up and I felt sleepier. But I think it's one of the things that they're looking at in this particular study is not only that psychological resilience that we would expect from a nap, but also a resistance to the things that get your brain to start degenerating a little bit more how do we um if you sleep more does that does your brain work better or does it work less well that's what they're trying to understand the the idea that everybody needs eight hours of sleep is really not true and and i think those of us who don't usually sleep that long um we know we don't know 
But I'm, I'm fascinated that they're studying this because it could help us both with people who are not able to sleep and with the people who I, I think about um, some folks that, that we read about who sleep for many, many hours because they're depressed. And it's a it's a way of it doesn't help to heal the depression. In other words, it doesn't help to cope with it. I don't mean heal it. Depression's not necessarily healable, but it is copable in most cases. And you know, sometimes sleep is helpful, and sometimes it's not. So pretty soon you can count you can count on the uh, next familial natural short sleep study to go ahead and keep going. It turns out that it does run in families, and thus far they've identified five genes across the human genome that play some sort of role in this. So you can bet we're going to try to figure out a way to improve those for, I don't know, people who need to sleep more or people who are not getting what they want out of their sleep or perhaps people who are depressed. Northwestern University, (laughs) however, has taken all that and thrown it off the table. Their study that is coming out this week, uh, has has just come out rather late this week, um, says that if there is any light in your room, and I promise this was not funded by, you know, blackout curtain people or anything like that, (laughs) draw the shades. But what they're saying is that any amount of moderate or ambient light when you're asleep at night compared to sleeping in a dimly lit room is not good for you. And the way that they measure that is in terms of your heart function and um, insulin resistance and that sort of stuff the, the next morning. Interestingly enough, um, there are plenty of people who find that they can't sleep very long unless there's a little bit of light. And there are other people for whom the the blind, the sleep mask, the blindfold, the sleep mask, I think, was invented because they just absolutely have to have dark and can't sleep on planes or trains or in in automobiles because of that. So it's interesting that they're studying it, but it really does say minimize the amount of light exposure during sleep. Um, I live in an urban environment, and I don't think my room is ever entirely dark. Hmm, something to think about. Something to think about. How's yours doing? 888-808-8637. That is the telephone number here, of course. And I encourage you to call. Let me know about what you're thinking of. Oh, something to do today if you haven't already. If you've got ferns that either usually hang on the porch or that that you you have um, picked up off the side of the road from somebody else who thought they were dead, you know, we, I know you all do that. We all do that. Now's the time to cut those back. Soak the whole pot, soil, dirt, any green matter that's on there, all of that in, in a bucket of warm water with some fertilizer mixed into it, and then put them out so they can begin to grow. Um, be ruthless if in, if you have to cut them back, particularly if they have been shedding in you know your garage or your 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 side room or your sunroom or something. Um, it's also the time really to look at things that are going to stay in the house all summer, and that generally speaking are things like African violets and really, really low-light plants. If, if like me, um, you like having the air cleaners in the house, that, that's important too. But it's also a real good time to start doing some of those, some of that rooting, some of that a little, having a little bit more fun with it, and, and that's this is why not, you know, just why not do it. Be sure that you are putting on your list of to-dos to prune flowering shrubs when they finish blooming. The quince in my front garden, um, one of the things that, that I don't like about the classic 
salmon colored flowering quince is that it blooms and then it immediately leaves out and the flowers drop off. It happens in a week usually. The more improved varieties, and one of the reasons that we seek those out, and one reason why they're so much more popular, is because they not only bloom longer, they don't leaf out as quickly. So that that linear form that holds the flowers is much more attractive. This is the one in my front garden has been blooming now for at least two weeks and probably had a flower on it before that. I just didn't notice. It has begun to start to expand its leaves, but just barely. And that's really what I I appreciate about plant improvement. If we're going to go to the trouble of growing plants out as, as breeders or as selectors and picking them out and then eventually making their way to market, which is a huge and complicated process, we really need to know why we're doing that. And in the case of flowering quince, especially in the southeastern climate, We want weeks of flowers, and we don't want those leaves to appear too soon because when it's it's like the tulip tree. Once it leaves out, we don't really look at it the rest of the year, or or magnolia sulangianas, whichever, however you know those, Um, cup and saucer magnolias. There's a bunch of names for that tree, but they're the ones that bloom with either a pink, white, or purple flower before the leaves come on and have a big cup shape in the in the petals. Now, if, if we don't if we don't inter- if we don't have a chance to appreciate them because it freezes, they still leaf out and look great all year long. So it's not it's not a loss in any direction. But when we can get the quince to hold their flowers, I like it a little better. The one I have is from Proven Winners and it is a particularly nice one. But check it out when you go to the garden center. Look for the ones that are a little bit newer than old-fashioned quince, okay? All right. Now, a lot to do today. I'll be happy to take your phone calls. Want, really want to hear from you about what's going on in your garden, what you're planting, what you're not planting, what you've decided you want to grow, and, hey, what kind of food are you going to grow this spring, huh? Let's talk about it. This is Weekend Gardening. I think he's having a nightmare. No, it's just part of his lesson plan. He's trying to show us that calling Mississippi 811 before you dig is so easy, you can do it with your eyes closed. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. All of us at the Mississippi Propane Gas Association are committed to providing you with the best possible services and affordable values. We operate in a way that assures a safe, reliable, and economical fuel source. Our trained personnel constantly monitor the conditions of our gas systems to assure reliability and safety. Any repairs or modifications to a propane gas system must be performed by the qualified technicians of your propane provider as required by state and federal regulations. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Ream Home AC systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> Ream. 
the new degree of comfort. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. Homestyle plates full of catfish, shrimp, and rib tips, just to name a few. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. If you're about to start a project or remodel with wood, you need to think Miller Lumber in Richland. Since 1953, we've built a solid reputation of supplying quality wood at a lower price, like western red cedar and cypress lumber, as well as a wide variety of patterns in pine, cedar, and cypress. Shop Miller Lumber for the best price new pine flooring and treated lumber in town. Miller Lumber, 551 Old Highway 49 South in Richland. Visit MillerLumberSales.com, 601-936-7099. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It, it was, was actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions, like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable, so don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, Could, could I have EPI? EPI? Sponsored by AbbVie. Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Thank you so very, very much for making us part of your day today. Because, you know, you got choices. I know that. And we have plenty of opportunities to grab a little bit of Weekend Gardening here live, of course, on Saturdays. Thank you very much. And on demand at supertalk.fm, as well as podcasting there and the rebroadcast on Sunday afternoon. So thank you so much. Whenever you're listening, uh, I, I am your garden mama. My name's Nellie Neal, and I have a great opportunity to be here with you. It's a pleasure. And with that, I will now talk about stinging caterpillars. <laughs> Just- from all that nice stuff to, well, these are the ones to look out for. The, the, I, I think the main one that we are concerned with is the buck moth caterpillar, but I can, I could be wrong about that. Um, I was looking back through some of my notes and I found 
the the saddleback also is a stinger, but we recognize that one because it looks like it has a saddle on its back, and we we ignore it and and avoid it. So I I think it's more likely the buck moth. But if you think it's another, if you think it's the I.O. or something, you you let me know. All right, that's easy enough. The ceasefire text line is six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. One of the questions that um, came to me this week that I was really in- interested about is the whole idea of this business that that the blueberries are going to bear and are they going to begin ripening faster because of the warming weathers over the seasons? Is that going to mess up our varieties? The answer is, the good news is, that there are people really literally researching that as we speak. And I do think that some individual plants and some varieties more than others will be able to adapt. But I also do think that there will be new varieties introduced for these particular situations for example um in talking to a farmer flower farmer she said that she lives so far south in 8b she begins to think it's nine and i laughed and and did honestly mean it and say well pretty soon just wait for the next map you know because as we measure these things and as they make their way onto the usda growing map the the zones are spreading a little bit uh, more than you might want them to but the good news is that we have a long growing season as it is and much more to come. So I like that. There are things that you should be starting right now in terms of putting things in pots um, that you if you want candelabra trees, if you want, you know, stuff that's going to bloom in the late summer. If you've got Confederate roses that are rooted now that you, you, you stuck in a bucket and they've, they've probably got a leaf or two on them by now. This is the time to at least pot them up into larger containers so that they're really big when you get them started outside. Same thing is true of long-term vines like merlotons and even loofah sponges. You want the hot weather to grow them, but we also very, very much want for there to be plenty of time for them to get big enough so that by, they can make it into bloom and into fruit by the end of our summer. Well, by the end of our fall anyway. Pat asks if uh, quince can be rooted, how so, when, when's the best time? Um, that flowering quince that I'm talking about is best rooted from a cutting that is of semi-hard wood or one that is hardwood. Neither of those is happening right this minute. Semi-hard wood is the wood when the, the shrub begins blooming in the springtime. That's called new growth, and it's tender. It's soft. In many cases, it's so soft you can bend it without it breaking. When we get to actual hardwood at the middle of the summer, for example, or in the case of quince, even the, the early part of the summer, it, it, is, it snaps when you bend it. You're looking for the wood that's in between to, to root. Four to six inch cutting from the tip. When it's soft enough to bend a little bit but doesn't snap and also doesn't bend easily, that, that middle point is what's going to root best. Or you have a choice. You can wait until after all the leaves drop off in the fall and take the same length cuttings but root them as hardwood cuttings. Either one will work. Okay? I do love um, both processes, but I tend to be more a fan of the rooting the cuttings in a container in, in semi-hardwood partly because I'm I'm not going to forget about them. Sometimes I have been known to go and open a bucket in the springtime, very late in the springtime, and find that things are trying hard to grow there that I rooted and just forgot I had done. So, <laughs> interestingly enough, um, thank you very much for listening. I appreciate your nice words. 
This is, I, we're going to say this is um, Betty and Belzona because I don't have a, a, a name or town, but the crepe myrtles bloom very little. What is the best fertilizer for them? It's going to be anything made for flowering trees, and there are quite a few brands out there to be had. But if you will get the one that is made for flowering trees and shrubs, as opposed to vegetables or as opposed to um, 13, 13, 13, or, or as opposed to lawn food or something. Get something that's made for flowering trees and shrubs. You can do, people will use the spikes, but since your tree has not been blooming, I would rather see you go ahead and plant, uh, go ahead and put some fertilizer in, and then maybe next year you can pick up with the spikes. Uh, a lot of people do like those very, very much. On to the phones. Let's see. Um, oh, hello, Vicksburg. Come in, Andrew. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. What's on your mind today? Uh, just ma'am, I just want to find out what's, what's the best time of year like to plant sweet olive bushes. Uh, let's see. Right about now. <laughs> Any time between, if you were if you were going to, for instance, dig it up from one place and move it to another, we would say November to February, but. It even so, you might even do that now, depending on how the weather has been in Vicksburg. But because we're going to be planting something that's growing in a container at a garden center, March is ideal. Even April can be fine. The problem becomes when it gets so hot, you just have to remember to water it more, and you may have to prune a little bit more to keep it from going into transplant shock. But right now is is brilliant, and sweet olive is one of the best trees to to plant. So I say go for it. Okay, and what's the best time of year to plant like um, uh, peach trees, plum trees? You you can plant them now. You may it, you may have a little more trouble finding them because they're generally planted in January. But that doesn't mean that you know you'll go to the garden center and they won't have some. So just get go ahead and but go ahead and do that as soon as you possibly can because as we look at summer weather perhaps being drier or other things happening in the plant's life, we want them to have time to get their roots in the ground before we're really asking them to put on all the top leaves and stuff. Okay? Thank you, sir. Appreciate that very much. What a nice town. Um, Oh, if you are, speaking of all that, if, if you are traveling to the Arctic, that may sound crazy, but a lot of people actually do. You're going to be aware, want to be aware of a phenomenon that has happened, and nobody really has any other reason to appreciate this except that they're able to measure it. And we know that things are different. When I first became a horticulturist, I, I have had a friend. I still have. She's still my friend. Um, she She doesn't. She no longer lives in the great far permafrost of the north. However, she has moved to the tropics, as any wise person would do. But the the question was, how do I garden in permafrost? And the answer is, wow, I don't know. <laughs> and it's true. It's a very difficult thing to even contemplate. But the submerged permafrost in the Arctic seafloor now is noted as thawing. That's going to change Everything that really does make a big, big difference. The that the edge of the Arctic Ocean changing the seafloor obviously changes the character and the environment and whatever lives there, which plenty of things do, believe it or not. The proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences has this new report publishing coming from the brilliant people at the Monterey Bay Aquarium Research Institute. These are a bunch of peer reviewed studies. This is, in other words, um, 
you, you do some work, you do some, some study, you, you posit a theory, and you go out and try to prove or disprove the theory, and you eventually report on that. And then your peers who also do the same kind of work look at it. That's called peer review. And believe you me, they can poke holes enough to drive a truck through a lot of things. But when they're able to peer review it and find out where the similarities are in many peer-reviewed studies, then we've got some pretty good information and evidence that what they are saying is what's going on. The permafrost thawing, of course, is an unstable situation. It negatively impacts everything in the Arctic infrastructure from the research facilities to the airports to train tracks and everything else. It also, of course, has tremendous impact on the flora and fauna that live there. So they know that the big changes are going on, but this groundbreaking research is telling us how it can be detected and then monitored so that hopefully they'll be able to put the pieces in place to keep it from causing a bigger problem along the way. Um, Raised beds and greenhouses. Yep, that's true in the permafrost. That's very true. They they do that. And um, in, in my friend's case, she did a whole lot of indoor lighting because the winter is so very, very dark in that part of the world. Absolutely. What is your favorite spirea? I've been trying to decide that. Um, the newsletter this week is entirely devoted to spireas. And if you want to subscribe, you ought to. It's uh, Send me a note, mamaonair at yahoo.com. You can go to linktree slash gardenmama or patreon.com slash gardenmama and find me there to, to get in on this. But um, I, I told a story about one of the Spirea family that I really like a whole lot, the double bridal wreath. But there's so many others. Um, if I only could grow one, it actually would be baby's breath, the actual teeny tiny little almost lime green leaf one that has single flowers they're not all doubled up and they're they're little they just don't they make like sprays that's not the best one for cut flower use but it is a wonderful one for all us all of us to enjoy you know in our gardens it's a beautiful um it's pretty neat doesn't get as large tends to bloom very very early so if you have a favorite spirea i'd love to hear from you triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven and of course the c spire text line six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five i don't know if we want to i don't know if we want to know anything about all this okay let's see um Oh, how wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Vince wants to plant sunflowers in Chickasaw County. The good news is that you can plant just about all of them in that part of, in your part of the world. You're not going to have much problem. In some cases, we get heavy raining in the south in of our state, so we don't plant the tallest varieties because they'll lodge like corn does and fall over. You have less of that problem, but I would still recommend varieties that are going to be four feet tall as opposed to 10. Um, we think about gray mammoth, for example, sunflower. It's a beautiful plant, and you can always put some of those, but I wouldn't do it exclusively. So I'll see. I'll think about some varieties and see if I can uh, give you some ideas that's uh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. What a wonderful idea. I'm certainly doing that. A lot of us are, not only because we love sunflowers, but because it is the national flower of Ukraine, and there's quite a bit of attention being paid to that flower right now because of it um i hope that if you are growing any kind of flowers that you want to cut you'll you'll think about a couple of things one is that they need to support each other 
And so that means if they can't, you're going to have to stake them or do some other kind of arrangement like a sweet pea trellis, those four-by-four twine trellises that will allow the stems to be straight. That's one of the things that separates a a good cut flower from one that is not so great. (laughs) And in this case, um, oftentimes we are looking for the better looking of the bunch. And in the case of sunflowers, oftentimes what we see is that the ones that have a deeper, brighter center and the petals are in a contrasting color tend to get more attention. That's why the classic brown center and yellow petals, even when the brown center is almost bigger than the yellow petals. So that's that's part of the attention that they get. I, I like several of them, though, and I will pop you a list here in just a little bit. Um, you You will... If you bush hog that area and it's fairly clear, you'll be able to till very lightly before planting. You won't have to do very much. The problem is, I mean, the sunflowers are going to grow rapidly, but the problem is always that that the weeds will outgrow some things. So that's why we till first. Um, Let's see. Oh, on to Pascagoula. Bill, what's going on? Uh Uh-oh, roly-polies. Tell me about them. that's the most couple it's an absolutely unbelievable infestation of them. I had uh, I had uh, climbing snap beans, uh, out, uh, uh, a rattlesnake pole beans. Mm-hmm. When they popped up out of the ground, the roly pole just absolutely attacked them. Hmm. Matter of fact, I just pulled one up right here. This little seed, uh, this little uh, rattlesnake uh, planted beans up all just breaking the ground, and mm-hmm. they they was covered in roly poles. Hmm. And so, uh, very unusual. Well, I'm gonna plant some marigold. Maybe marigold will be able to tear. Hey, it's marigold. My the goodness. African blue, blue I don't think. I'm not thinking this is a true roly poly. Can you hold on and let me look up something, and we will get back to this conversation after we take just a short break. You present an intriguing problem. So stick with me, Bill, because we're going to figure this one out. I'm thinking diatomaceous earth is going to be your answer, working that into the soil surface. But I may have another piece of advice for you. In just a little bit, Stevie Wonder and I say, stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. always Don't you worry about a thing Don't you worry about a thing, mama That's right. Now you can play Wheel of Fortune practically anywhere. With the Wheel of Fortune scratch-off ticket from the Mississippi Lottery, you can win up to 17 times on a single ticket. The top prize is a cool $100,000. It even has its own second-chance promotional prizes. You can win trips, prizes, and yes, even more cash. Get your Wheel of Fortune scratch-off tickets today and have fun, y'all. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. A lot of businesses are losing opportunities to get new customers if they're not online. With the power of Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital, you can reach potential customers and get more referral and repeat business. The highly trained and trusted team at Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital is ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. 
Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. So when we brought him home, we didn't realize that Bear, the rescue dog, was actually sick. He had very flaky skin. He was dropping a lot of fur. And LeVette wanted to do steroid injections, special dog food. Nothing seemed to work. So I was at a dead end. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I've been hearing Dynavite on the radio for years. It never actually crossed my mind to try it until it finally sunk in. Oh, you're talking about hair and skin. And all right, <laughs> I'll try it. Well, it took probably six weeks, but after we started using Dynavite, no more flaky skin. He doesn't scratch and itch, and he started to put weight on. Dynavite is nutrition. I wish that we would have started the Dynavite right away. It would have been so much easier. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. Every rescue dog in America deserves Dynavite for 90 days. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Hey guys, this is Jacqueline with Honestly Beef. Why should you do business with me? Because Honestly Beef is a certified, genuine Mississippi member. That means it's the purest quality beef raised right here in South Mississippi, guaranteed. Hey mama, tell everybody about your website, honestlybeef.com. Simply visit honestlybeef.com and order gate-to-plate service. The purest quality Mississippi beef will be delivered right to your front door. That's honestlybeef.com. And remember, use the code word RADIO for free shipping. Guys, have Viagra and Cialis let you down? It can get you to the point where you think your best days are behind you. Well, think again. If you suffer from any type of erectile dysfunction, regardless of your age or medical history, Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland can help. Their treatment options work without pain, needles, surgery, or medications, and no downtime using the latest proven technology. Call 601-944-5585 or visit InnovativeHealthClinic.net for an appointment today. Attention, if you deal with anything from minor to extremely hazardous environmental spills, you've got to check out the full line of absorbents at ESI Supply. They've got white and gray absorbent pads by the bundle or by the roll, sock knit broom products, oil gator, oil dry, spill kits, and more. Just because you haven't had a spill doesn't mean you won't. Give the guys at ESI a call to find out more about how you can be prepared and protect your business's liability. 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910. Or visit ESISupply.net. see now talking to bill and pascagoula about roly-polies i had to do a little looking but yes in fact because there's 300 species heaven knows i'm not going to know about all of them but yes they these are the ones that are also called pill bugs and they do eat primarily decaying materials however some of them and in a pinch they will eat 
plants like your beans that that's and not even all beans <laughs> i couldn't find a listing that told me that they would eat rattlesnake beans but obviously they do so we need to let other people know about that um apparently their concentrated populations come as a result of hunger and 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 easy conditions for multiplying as opposed to sustaining their population so that's where the diatomaceous earth comes in if you will get yourself to the garden center and get a bag of diatomaceous earth and work it into that row in the soil all it's going to do is make it inhospitable Uh, you know diatomaceous earth is really finely ground and very very sharply edged and as you are removing the pill bugs, of course, you're going to have to you know, sift through the soil and get some of them out of there. But the diatomaceous earth will help. It not only will slice some of their bodies, it won't affect other things that are in there. And it also will not cause you any trouble when, you, when it comes time to grow the beans and eat them. So diatomaceous earth, that physical control around in, in the soil around where the, the, the pill bugs have been or the roly-polies have been and are, and also where they are likely to be that is to say around the edges of your garden okay okay what about uh yeah. nemo um neem's not going to be even if it, it, it because these are crustaceans which is weird it's they're, they're the it's weird fact i happen to know this one and i thought to myself that's i was thinking about other things that might work and then when i looked up and didn't see any particular they, they just everybody wants you to just basically dig them up and move them and that's not practical in a garden setting but neem oil is not going to melt their skins and, and i mean obviously it might do some damage to them it, i'm not going to say it wouldn't hurt them it probably would but i don't think it's going to be as effective as diatomaceous earth because they're crustaceans they're the only crustacean that has adapted to live its entire life on land, which is not so good because that means even if you flooded your field, they'd still be there when it dried out. So the diatomaceous earth and actually repelling them that way, moving them physically away is going to be the way to go. All right. Or BT, would would that be any good? No, they're not affected by that. That's only for Lepidoptera, for for butterfly things. Butterflies and moths in the Lepidoptera family, not. But these are not the larvae of something else. This this is a critter in in and of itself. Yeah, I've never seen so many in my entire life. I've I've been doing this for about sixty years. I've never seen. I understand. I, I was in my house for ten years before I got up one morning, and there were ladybugs all over my kitchen walls, literally covering them. Looked like I had wallpaper. I'd never seen anything like that. I got out the vacuum cleaner. (laughs) I didn't know what else to do. Lowe's may have that, huh? Oh, yes, they should. They certainly should. Okay. It's a bag. So it's it's going like to be a bag, It's but it's called diatomaceous earth. And there there are two kinds. There's one kind for the garden and one kind that they use for swimming pool filters. Don't get that one. It won't work as well. You need the one made for the garden. And it's widely available. I, I'm gonna. I, I've got my every one. I got two twelve foot, two twelve foot rows of snap beans. I bet I don't have three three beans left to eat the whole thing down. So I'm gonna just wait. That's incredible. Keep this dirt for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And before I replant. Yeah. Oh yeah. And do as much physical removal of them as you can. If you can rake them out, you know, and and expose them because obviously they 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 don't like that. But what a mess. I'm so sorry. It happens to us, though, and it's it's not like there's anything out there that actually is missing. There's there's not a critter that comes along and eats pill bugs, you know? So you're, it's not that you're missing something. It's just that they've managed to proliferate because the circumstances were good for them. I think uh, I think I actually caused this problem 
because I'm a big, big fan of heavy, heavy composting. Well, that way I don't have weeds, and that way yeah. I have earthworms by the jillions. Yeah, and I probably cause this, but I, I've got gobs of compost. I mean, I got to rake the compost back just to find the dirt so I can plant stuff. I understand, and yeah. and they they heard the word, you know. <laughs> The social media came to them and said, if y'all come over here, you can multiply by the gazillions. <laughs> this guy's got just the right setup. Because <laughs> all that decomposing compost is their heaven. That, that's what they want. The dinner bell. Yes, well, they, sir. Yes, sir. Planted in garlic. They didn't, they didn't mess with any of that. Or my tomatoes. That's wonderful. Well, you know, you, they, and, and literally the list of things that I have found, it's mostly grasses and beans and that sort of stuff that they take after. So. I got you. Well, that's good advice, Garden Mom. I, I listen to you every single Saturday morning, but I hadn't needed to call you for a while. But until then, I said, man, Thank I you, Bill. Garden, I'm in trouble. Thank you, Bill. Well, Diatomaceous Earth is your friend. <laughs> Thank you for being here today. Appreciate you. Pascagoula, what a fun gardening place. Lots of folks there have lots and lots of gardening. That's wonderful. Um, Vince, I'm looking at sunflower varieties. I'm going to tell you two places that I like the varieties from. One is Harris Seeds, partly because you can buy them in large enough quantities to plant your field. And the other is Johnny's Select. They have a great range of different ones. Okay. Is it too late to transplant iris, and can they take a lot of sun? Um, Tricia, thank you very much. I'm not sure where you are, but no, it's not too late. As long as it's, um, if your temperatures are not staying in the 80s every day, you, you'll be fine for, for transplanting those irises. That it, I would hurry up, though, because most of them are about to bloom, and you may knock off some flowers um, if, if that's the case. Um there's a, a whole bunch of beans and onions. I'll have to figure out what that is. All right. Let's see now. Oh, Trey, now listen. There's always another thing to look at. How cool is this? Y'all send the best stuff. Thank you very, very much. Yes, it is. Thank you, Trey. Tomorrow's spring, and you're my sunshine, too. So I like that. Yes, indeed, Rhett, you're exactly right. The Bradford pears are blooming. You can hear it in my voice as it gets crackly. <laughs> I don't have any in my garden, but there are plenty all around us. Plenty all around us. Um, let's see now. Corinne's in Jackson. She's got, she's rooted fig cuttings. I need to check mine. Thank you for the reminder. Should I go ahead and plant three cuttings in large containers? Mm, well, not necessarily. You, you might, if it depends if it's a baby fig, if it's a small fig, you might could get away with that. But I'm going to put, I'm going to go with a brooded cutting into about a, a one or two gallon pot if I'm going to grow them on. And that may or may not be what you intend to do. But I, I want, I would like to see them have a chance to grow on past each other's company. Okay. Let's see. And um, for figs, the only thing I'm going to make sure and do is that the the soil has plenty of organic matter in it and yet will drain. I don't want it to be heavy, sodden soil. Sometimes we, sometimes when you go into the backyard and you see the fig tree, it's got water around the bottom of it. And that's that's okay for a fig tree that's had that forever, but it's not really very healthy. And sometimes that does happen. Um, let's see. There's a lot of space at the base of the container. 
Yeah, sure. You can put, if there's a Miss Figgy in the container last fall, lots of space. Can I put underplant with strawberries or bush-type green beans? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there's not really anything to be avoided. You just have to remember that if you want to want them both to grow, you'll have to fertilize them both. What a fast hour. My goodness. Let's, uh, <laughs> y'all are so funny. This is Weekend Gardening. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you very much. Please keep your phone calls and texts coming. You're making my day, and I promise I will talk about the howler monkeys. So stick around and come right back. This is Weekend Gardening. <laughs> Right now, you can play Wheel of Fortune practically anywhere. With the Wheel of Fortune scratch-off ticket from the Mississippi Lottery, you can win up to 17 times on a single ticket. The top prize is a cool $100,000. It even has its own second-chance promotional prizes. You can win trips, prizes, and yes, even more cash. Get your Wheel of Fortune scratch-off tickets today and have fun, y'all. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Hello, everyone. I'm Bob. Welcome to the digging safety class. Hey, Bob. You're here because you got caught digging before calling 811. I know, and now I'm here instead of making a living. I know, man, but it's the law. So let's get started. This is a shovel. Huh? Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Please call 811 two working days before you dig. It's the law, and it's just the right thing to do. you deserve at Bob Boyd Honda. You probably know that there's distribution issues impacting automakers across the industry. But that won't stop us from getting you the ride of your dreams. Here's how to reserve the new car, truck, or SUV that you want. Step one, come to Bob Boyd and test drive a car, truck, or SUV. Step two, reserve the Honda you want from our huge allocated inventory arriving daily. Step three, when your ride arrives, come down, pick it up, and it's that easy. Come on to Bob Boyd Honda. Let's get you a deal. deal. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need, a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. It's Alyssa Arbuckle, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Once the House adopts the conference report, the teacher pay raise bill will be sent to the governor. Senator David Sparks expects Tate Reeves to sign it. The people that, uh, that, that went into teaching, you know, 25, 30 years ago, we're on a 25-year retirement uh, schedule. They they could retire at 25. We need those teachers. We need that experience. We need young teachers, but we need mentors. The bill would raise teacher salaries by more than $5,000 and includes a set of milestone raises that are aimed at retaining good teachers. Teacher assistants would get a $2,000 raise. 
A Mississippi inmate who decapitated his mother on top of killing two others has died. According to the Rankin County Coroner's Office, Philip Walker died of an undisclosed illness at a local hospital around midnight on Thursday. In 1997, Walker killed Christine Peake and her caretaker after they refused to give him prescription drugs. Prior to that, Walker had already served time in prison for the decapitation of his mother. Why join Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation if I'm not a farmer? Let's start with the valuable discounts on vehicles, travel, farm equipment, and much more, all of which would cover the cost of your membership. Throw in the insurance products, smarter banking, and agricultural advocacy, and the choice is clear. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. Think of all the comforts your family enjoys around your home. When you include propane appliances throughout your home, you can have even greater comfort from endless hot water to softer clothing and cozier heat on cold winter days. With an all-propane home, you'll also enjoy greater efficiency and energy savings compared to all electric homes. Go to PERC.com and ask why propane. The answer will be clear. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. First, the White House blamed Putin for higher gas prices. Now they're claiming market manipulation in gas and oil markets is to blame. Senator Roger Wicker sent a letter to the chair of the FTC demanding the agency provide evidence of collusion or other improper or illegal behavior in the gas and crude oil markets. He says if Congress is to properly address the crisis and provide relief to Americans, they need to be fully informed of any potential underlying causes. Wicker has been calling for Biden to open up domestic production basically since the day he took office. In this continent where where God gave us plentiful fossil fuels, which we can use to uh, transport ourselves in an environmentally friendly way, uh, we've decided not to use them here in the United States. He wants a response as soon as possible, but no later than March 25th. For the latest Mississippi news, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or online at supertalk.fm. From Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Baseball action last night in Game 2 of the series between Ole Miss and Auburn. Ole Miss won Game 1 back on Thursday, 13-6, but Auburn came out pounding the bats last night and beat Ole Miss 19-5. Auburn now 14-5, 1-1 in the conference. Ole Miss falls to 14-4, 1-1 in the conference. Game 3 is today, 2 o'clock first pitch, 1.30 airtime on the Ole Miss Baseball Network. Mississippi State took on Georgia in their SEC opener, and Georgia shut out the Bulldogs 11-0 to, nothing to improve to 15-3, 1-0 oh in the conference. Mississippi State falls to 11-8, 0-1 oh in the conference. Game 2 is 1 o'clock first pitch today, 12.30 airtime on the MSU Baseball Network. Southern Miss took on Florida Atlantic and Hattiesburg and won 9-7 in their Conference USA opener. The Golden Eagles now are 12-6, 1-0 in the conference with a 9-7 win over Florida Atlantic, who falls to 13-6 and 0-1. Game 2 is today in Hattiesburg at 2 o'clock. I'm Dixon Williams, Super Talk Sports, Mississippi. It's time to take a road trip down to the coast for CPR Fest 20. Outside on the grounds of the Mississippi Coast Coliseum, Saturday, April 2nd, starring Mississippi's own Three Doors Down, live. Bad Flower. Non-point. Dead Poet 
Society and special guest Giovanni and the Hired Guns. And check out the best local music in the state on the CPR Fest homegrown stage. A very limited number of reserved seats are on sale now. General admission tickets just $35 plus Ticketmaster fees. Don't wait. Get yours now at Ticketmaster.com. It's the biggest rock show of the year. Saturday, April 2nd, outside of the Mississippi Coast Coliseum in Biloxi. Well, the Major League Owners and the Players Association came to an agreement and thus ended the lockout that spanned 99 days and means the 162-game regular season of 2022 now must be compressed into a tighter schedule. Opening day had originally been slated for March the 31st, and that was pushed back to April the 7th, with the first full slate of games, a 15-game schedule for April the 9th, and that means the games originally scheduled for March the 31st through April 6th now must be worked in elsewhere. The league has built in 31 doubleheaders into the schedule and announced that October 5th, will be the end of the regular season and the 12 team expanded playoffs now will begin shortly after and all but certain that the playoffs leading up to the World Series will again stretch entirely through the month of October. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the day before spring begins. Yes, indeed. Tomorrow morning, and if you are listening to the rebroadcast, it's already happened if you're listening to the podcast. If you are downloading a little later on from On Demand at supertalk.fm, thank you very much. However you are listening, I appreciate you tuning in to Weekend Gardening to, you know, the who's, the what's, the why's, the when's, the wherefores, and occasionally the witches of the uh, garden world. I'm glad to be here for all of that, and I appreciate you very, very much. Finishing some uh, interesting questions going from the previous hour and moving into some brand new ones that have popped in um i have to tell you that yes my buckeyes are looking beautiful but they're not where i thought they were going to be they've come up in um well i don't know how they got there but it it has created a new environment my old buckeye is beautiful but i have i had planted a couple of buckeyes to increase them in that area and it turns out they're not in that area they're somewhere else and they they're lovely but it is one of the magical properties of gardening. I, I don't think the squirrels planted them, but they may have. Uh, however, I'm happy to tell you that they are looking beautiful. They're one of my very favorite native plants. And a question on the text line was, where can I get information? I want to put more native plants in my garden. Most of the time, I would say, you know, this book or that book, or, you know, I even have a couple books you could buy that have information like that. But... Easily enough, we have one of the native plant um, really authorities from the southeast at Mississippi State. So just go to their website and look for anything by Dr. Bob Bruzak on that particular subject. Um, you've heard me talk about him before because he, he has done such great work on this subject and also so many other things, music and, and, and 
one thing and another. But anyway, point is, the list there is great. I just checked it out. And yes, in fact, Buckeye is on it. So go there and check that out. All right? All right. Um, on to the telephones now. Oh, no, he went away. We'll get it. He's going to call back, right? No, he's not going to call back. Okay. Beautiful pictures. Thanks a bunch. I loved it. I love thistles. It's gorgeous. Um, all right. Let's see. Can, if you're going to transplant conifers if you're going to dig them up in one place and move them somewhere else you better hurry up because it's past time to do that but if you are going to um if you have some that you've rooted in in containers or just purchased in containers it's still a matter of kind of hurry up because the hot weather is harder on them than it is than on uh, some other plants that you might be adding to your garden at this time of the year Let's see. Andrea's in Madison. Oh, her tulips are blooming. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you for the pictures. That's lovely. Um, it, it is that time. I'm I'm happy to say, and it looks like if you're if you happen to have tulips um, blooming, you may want to cut them because, as Mark Twain said, there's 136 different kinds of weather in 24 hours, and coming through this part of the country are, uh, will be another bunch of uh, wet, wet, wet stormy 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 all that stuff at some point this coming week so give yourself the opportunity to enjoy them for a minute but pick them and take them inside and uh, and like them because they're pretty gorgeous tulips i have uh i'm waiting i have have i have literally have dozens scores of daffodils planted in containers but um there you go let's see oh that's pretty that looks nice ken and jackson's got his his uh he's had a a Ficus elastica, a, a rubber tree that has needed some new growth, and there it is. It doesn't look unusual to me, but then maybe I'm not looking at the same thing. I can see a nice swollen up area that looks like it's going to be a lovely leaf, so that's nice. Can dogwoods be planted now, Jackie from Brandon? If you have one, hurry up. It, Jack, dogwoods, of course, Jackie, are one of those things that need a little care when you're putting them into the garden because usually we're bringing them from a place of shade if we're digging them up or something you know we, we, we need to pay attention to what light they were growing in and give them that same amount of light and we need to plant them very high they need to be planted so that their roots can drain immediately and that that's those are the two caveats other than yes hurry up what we always want is for plants to be able to get their roots in the ground and get started growing before we decide that it well, not we but before the, the climate decides that it's time for the top to put on new new leaves okay okay now um <laughs> i don't know i don't think this is good news at all but the bradford pears are blooming and um as i as i promised you i was going to tell you a little something about that Rising temperatures and the increased amounts of carbon dioxide will, in fact, yep, mm-hmm, produce more pollen. Can you say achu? How many languages can you sneeze in? That would be all of them. Um, there's so much to understand about the way allergies work, and it used to be 25 years ago. It used to be that people, doctors, would train all over the country, and they would come to the South to practice allergy medicine. And then make enough money and retire because we were the, we were the biggest of the the allergy prone areas. Well, that's not so much anymore now. Allergies are in fact in most of our zones, and indeed, University of Michigan are the ones doing this particular study. By the end of the century, 
They're figuring that because of the change in plants and the change in the climate, the pollen could actually start 40 days sooner. I think it's already done that here than it used to, um, say, between around 2000, the years before and right after that. And indeed, we might see another 20 days before those counts may subside. In other words, start sooner, last longer. And those are the things that if, if you believe that you're having more pollen allergies, you probably are. You don't ever want to confuse that for some other bigger problem, but a lot of people are having more and more issues with allergies, and we don't see any lack of that in the future. Watery eyes, sneezing, even rashes, um, and sometimes, of course, it can go into other respiratory problems. I'm one who has always worn, not always, but for years now, I have worn sort of a, a T-shirt mask when I'm working in really dusty areas in the garden because I find that if I don't, I, my, my, my allergies get much worse. I'm a person who has apparently the sort of allergies you get when you're exposed to something over and over and over and over again. <laughs> as opposed to something that you were just born with. So those those allergy exposures do increase at this time of the year, and you might want to consider what you're going to do about it. I think that would be very smart. Now, it's not an allergy per se, but anytime Johns Hopkins medical um, research scientists tell us that they found something that surprised them, I'm going to pay attention, particularly if it's affecting me and this might. Um, interestingly enough, the way that mosquitoes react to repellent products is not what we thought. We, we really thought, because like other critters, um, the, the, the odor sensors are forced to express their odor receptors. It usually prompts them to re- remove themselves from that situation. In the case, though, of, unfortunately, mosquitoes, um, they actually don't – the experiment on them just did not go as they expected it to because, as we all know, mosquitoes are much trickier than the researchers would have thought. If you've ever encountered a mosquito living on the underside of a leaf that's perfectly dry, you think to yourself, that's not possible. Well, it is because they're paying attention to living in the humidity. So what they have shown is that the cells that ordinarily would do that actually – produce the odor-related proteins on the surface of the cell, and that makes them able to ignore common insect repellents. Um, that's why, possibly why DEET has so much effectivity and why we continue to see heavier mixes of it and concentrations at levels that we didn't know is because we're still trying to keep them work. Um, they tested the scenario on the Anopheles mosquitoes, the one that causes malaria, and the idea was that if they could push the odor neurons into a similar state, they would be able to avoid the scent, but it didn't work like that. They actually in, They actually armed themselves on the surface and were able to stay there, which is really not good news for you and me, who would rather that the mosquitoes just left. So we have to pay attention to these things, <laughs> unfortunately. Oh, my goodness. Spring, yes, spring is indeed here. It absolutely is. And the, the good news is that we have lots we can plant and lots that we can grow. Please don't get out there and start mowing your yard too quickly. Do wait for it to green up. And the reason I say that is twofold, really. First, we have little enough dormant time for our lawns. And, yes, many of them are beginning to be covered up by weeds. So if you want to mow to mow the weeds, you can certainly mow high. But don't mow down into the grass if it hasn't greened up. 
because it needs time to recover from the winter dormancy. And if you start cutting it down now, low, if you, if, in other words, someone, someone showed this to me a few years ago. They decided they were going to get rid of the Lespedeza in the, not even Lespedeza. They were going to get rid of Henbit in the front yard. And they literally mowed it every day for a week and scalped the lawn and had the biggest hole in the lawn that you've ever seen because you can't mow lawn that hasn't begun to grow safely. And so, therefore, if you're going to get rid of the weeds, either spray them or get on top of them with a, a high lawnmower. It's really important. really will help and make a big difference in the way that your lawn recovers and the way that it greens up going into the summer. Um, our brains are such interesting things. And, and you, if, if you have seen recently um, the little kid with uncontrollable hair syndrome, you all thought that everybody's kid had uncontrollable hair syndrome, but his actually cannot be combed down, and he looks so it looks like he has sort of a halo. <laughs> his hair is just standing up and and blonder than any blonde you've ever seen, and not really attached. I mean, it doesn't look like it's attached, but it is attached to his head. We're learning so many things about the way that our head works. And let's start from the outside in, in the case of hair. Researchers at George Washington University, our favorite folks, have been trying to figure out what makes hair vary. And they're using as an example one of the um, really the, the largest, most various, the lemurs, a wild population in the Indriidae, are looking to try and figure out climate and body size and, and actually color vision on hair evolution. Now, we do look at people's hair. Let's face it. Um, if you were looking at me now, you can see that, yeah, mine's pretty brown today. It's not. I'm not in the sun, so you can't see the silver too much. And it, it does have a lot to do with the light and the way the color picks up on it. But no, I don't dye my hair. It's whatever color it is on any given day. And in this case, talking about thermoregulation and indeed the light sources around it, Sometimes their hair changes for camouflage. Sometimes it's trying to make a statement, you know. But we really haven't looked at it until now. They found several different things. They found that the one set of lemurs, for example, that are native to Madagascar, have denser hair when they're out in dry, open environments. That would make sense. It helps to protect against the strong rays of the sun. On the other hand, Lemurs that live in colder areas are more likely to have dark hair, and this is the first evidence of Bogert's rule that states that dark colors could aid with thermoregulation as they absorb the heat from the sun's rays. This is the first evidence that they have seen of that in mammals. Um, What about creatures that can see more, bigger areas? Hmm? Well, those red-haired lemurs are the ones that can see more. Um, pretty interesting stuff. Pretty, pretty fun to think about. Finally, the differences within the species are pretty tremendous because there, there are multiple pressures operating. Okay. In other words, we, we're looking at the climate. We're looking at the body size. We're also looking at the color vision to understand how their hair develops. But it's also true that human hair does not fossilize. So we can't really study previous creatures <laughs> we can't study ourselves or even these guys sooner it's interestingly enough daniel you look as if you have something you want to say actually i was just waiting for 
the a phone we have a phone call from Jeff from Decab. Uh, okay. Thank you. I can see it on the screen. I appreciate that. Put him on then. Hello, Jeb. What's going on? Hi. How are you doing this morning? Doing well. Um, I was just wanting to talk about some hydrangeas. All right. Is it a good time to replant them right now, like put them in another place? No, it's not. They're about to go into full tilt growth for the spring, and then they will bloom. That's not a good time to do that. And I just wanted to tell you I love your show every Saturday morning. Thank you very much. And I just wonder what the year is going. It's moving by quick like it always does. Oh, yes. It's already, believe it or not. It's spring tomorrow. Thank you for calling, Jeb. Appreciate that. Good to hear from you. Now, one of the things that's also not particularly interested in being moved right now are the shrubs that you may be thinking about that are in the way. For example... Um, I've talked about having dug up some of the little abelias and put them in containers. That went very well. I dug up a couple of spireas, put them in containers, moved them around. That all has worked well, but the problem is that now I want to leave them in the containers because they look nice. So I'm going to have to consider what to do about that. When you're planning the garden and giving yourself the opportunity to move things about, it's really a good idea to realize when it is. And oftentimes going into a container is the wise choice. Um, That's funny. Let's see now. If Brenda's in Brandon, and she's got a good question, if you spray weed killer in a flower bed now to kill weeds, will it kill the maypop roots that come up later? Well, um... It depends. If you are spraying something that kills seeds, yes, then in that case you you may very well suppress seeds. If the product is only going to control what's already there, then then no, because if they haven't come up um, already, then that's not going to be a problem. So I'm um, there. There. If you don't have any green sprouts, the roots are not going to be affected by the majority of things that you might be spraying in that flower bed, okay? If you're spraying something that indicates that it's going to be a soil sterilant, yes, you would have a problem. And if yours, your, your passion flowers come up from the roots, not from the seeds, that's one issue. But if they also come up from the seeds, you don't want to be putting a pre-emerge seed control, okay? Okay. All right. Well, you got to turn on the light sometime, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Have you been yelling at your cats lately? Have you been fussing, telling your dogs they should behave? Well, the study shows that long-term pet ownership actually helps your brain over time. I'm not sure if that's because of the love or because of the conditioning or because you just have to keep up with them. My goodness. Something to think about. That's what might be why they want us all to have pets. What do you think? This is Weekend Gardening. Your business may not be a Fortune 500 company yet. 
You've worked hard to grow your business to where it is today, but are the manual processes that worked when you were smaller now eating into your man hours? As an iSolve network provider, MWG Employer Services can help you save time and money by streamlining the processes of administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits, as well as training your personnel to efficiently manage your human capital through one platform. Want to find out more? Visit MWGEmployerServices.com. You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. Are customers able to find you online? With the power of Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital, you can reach potential customers and get more referral and repeat business. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted staff is ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Wives, do you have trouble getting your husbands to see a doctor? Tell them the doctor has a boat for sale. At Man Up MD, we understand most men don't have a doctor, but they should. Man Up MD is a men's clinic designed for men by men to handle manly issues. From day-to-day primary care to reclaiming your energy and vigor, Man Up MD can keep you healthy and feeling your best. Check us out at menshealthmississippi.com. That's menshealthms.com. Before you open your doors each day, ask yourself one question. Is my building clean and healthy for my customers and employees? If you trust Janet King, the king of clean, then you know the answer. Yes! We've been cleaning and disinfecting this area for almost 35 years. Our local franchise owners make this happen every day because, like you, they live, eat, shop, work, and pray in these same local buildings. For your clean and healthy building, go to JanetKingCleans.com. That's JanetKingCleans.com today for a healthy building tomorrow. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, join the flood of people switching to Pure Talk. The average family saves over $800 a year by switching. Get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. Or if you still want unlimited data, you can get that and still save a fortune. From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, switch now, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's pound 250, say, switch now. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Morganstone has been serving builders, contractors, and homeowners since 1997. They have everything for interior and exterior projects. We have all kinds of stuff. Marcus, let me tell them. Stone pavers, stone benches, stone slabs, stone boulders, stone fire pits, flagstone, fieldstone, bluestone, cobblestone, chopstone. That's right, Zeta. I'm Zoe Morgan. We're rock solid since 1997. Statewide delivery, the largest stone yard in Mississippi. Come see us at Morganstone in Brandon. Morganstone.com. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. 
certain irony in this particular song title. Of course it's going to rain. You don't have much control over that. But it is good to know when it's going to rain, and uh, it doesn't hurt. doesn't hurt to find out, so that's nice. But the, the eloquence of poetry is not always... Um, it's not, not always what we would like it to be, but that particular one is pretty good. Can I get your show in Ohio? Of course. Um, go to – just download the Supertalk app and put it on your phone or go to supertalk.fm wherever you are on your computer. If you got Wi-Fi, you can, you can have Garden Mama anywhere, which is sort of a crazy thing to say, but it's true. Oh, my goodness. Ray, I'm so sorry. That's a that was a beautiful animal, talking about uh, our pets and how much they help us. And it's it's uh, it's sad when we have to lose one. It really is. I have uh, I have great sympathy and empathy for you because I've been there and I also appreciate what a beautiful pup that was. Thank you. I have also got to tell you that uh, I've been contemplating getting a kitten. And that sounds insane to me, but I'm still, I'm still thinking about it. There's just something about kittens that's so much fun, and I'm, I'm seriously thinking about doing that. <laughs> All right. There are no howler monkeys, though. You know, I'm not really as deep into my spirit animal ideas as a lot of people are, but i got to tell you that the idea of being a howler monkey, for somebody that was as quiet as I was and who still is not the most boisterous person out in public. New research has showed us that monkeys play to avoid conflict and that howler monkeys particularly reduce group tension by playing with each, you know, playing with um, different activities with each other rather than the younger ones. In other words, they're not necessarily coaching the football team. They're playing football themselves. And rather than being associated with fun or education, it increases when howler monkeys are competing when they're foraging for some fruit and they have to play to do that. They have to run through the trees or go up and down or find and search. It's really fun stuff. I would have loved to have been with these folks. This was a team of researchers from Spain, Brazil, and the UK, and they're publishing in animal behavior on two species of, two subspecies rather, of howler monkeys. Um, the, the Mexican and the gold mounted, mantled rather beautiful, beautiful creatures. They're it's interesting because they studied. Now, the thing I have to tell you is when we human beings study other species, it's very much like when your dog sits on the floor and stares at you. He's studying you, but he may or may not actually know what you're doing or thinking. OK. And in our case, we're studying things like how much they play, how, mu- how many playmates they have, how many people there are in the group. I'm not people, but how many howler monkeys there are in the group. But interestingly enough, they don't have a fixed social hierarchy, so these things do kind of determine themselves. What the interesting thing in this is to me, really, is it's one more case where rather than fighting over something, the creatures find a way to work it out otherwise. And you know that that's my big thing. I'm I'm really very... Um, I believe that when we raise children, we raise adults. I believe that we understand that adulting, in part, is standing up for yourself, certainly, but it's also about learning how to solve problems short of violence. And in this case, chasing the fruit around the forest has given them the opportunity to learn how to play with each other as opposed to 
one animal winning the fruit and beating up all the others. So it's an interesting thing. Um, Howler monkeys play to reduce group tensions. I think we probably need a bit more of that ourselves, huh? What do you think? Let's see. I'm talking more about animals. And there's uh, there's just so much fun stuff. There's an, an awful lot of daffodils blooming. And, yes, my cats do like to sit next to them. I don't know that the aroma is what attracts them. I have wondered that myself. That's a very good question. <laughs> very, very good question. There are um, there also are a lot of things about that same howler monkey story and the way that they play that sort of well, kind of jumped in with me. Um, I just realized we were, we were supposed to talk to someone this morning, and I didn't get her on the phone. I'm so sorry. I'm going to fix that at the break. I lost the phone number. Anyway, I'm sorry. That happens every now and then. One of the questions about the the garden here is about the garden tour, and that's what it's about. And I apologize. I'm going to get get you that information here in just a moment. All right, now then, what else is happening in this particular part of the world? Well, it looks to me like everybody's thinking about planting vegetables. And I do hope that you are, at least a little something. Maybe it's that that fig tree, you're going to grow some fruit. Maybe it's the pineapple guava, you're going to grow some fruit and a beautiful shrub as well. Or maybe you are going to have the opportunity to plant a little bit of a food garden. If you've done that before, believe you me, there's somebody in your neighborhood that wants advice about it. So if your neighborhood association is putting on an event, if your local garden center is, offer yourself up as somebody who can kind of mentor those folks that are gardening for the first time. It will help them a great deal, especially if you're particularly successful with something like tomatoes or squash or one, one thing that you want to just literally put forward. Um, there are there are things that we have all sorts of information about, but the experience of another person nearby makes a bigger difference than you might think. I do want to let you know that coming up on April the 1st and 2nd, Gaddis and McLaurin's having their wonderful open house, and I'm happy to be part of that Um I just think this is great. The Makita folks are going to be there on Friday along with the Good Things show, radio show live with Rebecca Turner. She's such a smart broadcaster and such a brilliant person. It's I always feel like I should eat better when I've been around Rebecca because she has good ideas and also has a whole lot of fun with it. Saturday, I'll be there for weekend gardening and uh, buy one, get one, Bonnie Plants. That looks pretty good to me. You're going to want to think about that. So Gaddis and McLaurin on April the 2nd. I have got so many bits and pieces of things to let you know about, and um, I will tell you that the reason that I didn't do the that didn't have the paper. I left the paper in my mailbox with the information about the tour, and I will go and get it um, because Ken Hackman's going to be in here next week in, for me, and then I'll be back at, in April second. I'll be back out at Gaddis and McLaurin. So it's a little bit, little bit different schedule, and I threw myself off. Now the other, t- the other critter that I promised um, last week I would talk about, and I didn't get to. The- <laughs> Somebody wrote me this set and said, what did you say about Galway? (laughs) Well, I didn't actually say anything about Galway, but I said that the National University of Ireland at Galway, um, this is the first record of a noble false widow. Those are all all, um, capitalized, so you know it's the actual name of this spider. They are feeding on native species, in this case, pipstrel bats. That's right. 
and this is just crazy. They're reporting in Ecosphere, and I, I really appreciated that um, they wanted to let us know this, but the false widow spiders continue to impact the native species in the U.K. This is really not good. And when we are seeing this one, um, this is the first time any species of false widow spider has been seen to be preying on mammals, and a very rare thing to see them preying on anything. Okay, this extraordinary discovery was made by a wildlife artist. How ironic is that? Two consecutive days, he found bats living in his attic entangled in the spider's web. Now, for those of you who, like me, would say, uh, excuse me, there's spiders and bats living in your attic. I'm glad they were able to duke it out, but do you think you might need to do something about the ventilation or, you know, close close it up? In other words, there's a few things getting in there that you don't want getting in there. But apparently, um, Shropshire, England is a place for amazing discoveries. And in this case, they found the first one, a tiny one, and the next day was a much bigger adult bat, cultured and entangled in the web. Fascinating. They were able to release the larger one, the younger one, not so much. This is, interestingly enough, these are pipistrelle bats, and they are protected in the U.K. under the Wildlife and Countryside Act of 1981 and the Conservation of Habitats and Species Regulations of 2017. Neither of those things makes a good acronym, or I would certainly be happy to give it to you. Now, interestingly enough, the noble false widow spider is invasive, has come there and begun to eat things like lizards. They already knew about that. But it came in, apparently, first reports were way back in 1879. However, it has increased its population and moved everywhere in recent decades. They presume that it has to do with the changing of the weather in those areas. We always talk about the U.K. being a new area for growing wine because they've had that opportunity to do that. But um, the the they spread northwards towards Scotland. They're even in Wales and all the way to Ireland. They are in fact native to the Canary Islands and the Madeira, and of course came in on shipping with just like everything else does. I'm I'm fascinated by this because the the whole family the Theridiae have been recorded as preying on creatures around the world, but. Never before on mammals. So it's really interesting stuff. Really a different, different problem. <laughs> a different problem. Um, Rhett says he can't cut. I was talking about cutting your flowers because of the incoming in rain in the next few days. And he said he can't, cannot cut the lilies and bring them in because the cats will eat them. Wonder if they eat them in the yard. Hmm. That's interesting, isn't it? Because you certainly don't want them doing that. That's fascinating. Um, Y'all are funny. The people who like cats like cats. And people who don't, don't. <laughs> I'll say some of the some of the stuff that's crazy. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um you know, one of the questions about dogs, of course, is what are they going to do when they catch that car? And I, I remember that my my childhood was um interesting enough because I lived on a dead-end street that faced the levee, so we didn't have a whole lot of traffic. And even so, the dogs would chase any car that was out there, and I always wondered, what in the world are they going to do if they catch that thing? I don't know. Let's see now. Um, I'm going to do some reading on this because it's a big and long question, and I 
don't know where it's from, so I'm going to try and figure that out because it's a question about growing beans and um, growing basically heritage beans, ones that, that have been kept in the family, which is really fun. I have enjoyed that myself. Really good, really good to do. Really nice to keep them going and also, frankly, to keep your food tastes very specific. Um, people have... People, some people don't like beans at all, but a lot of people have a particularly good bean that they like, and they don't like all the rest of them. So I've been reviewing all of these stories about what we should eat and grow and one thing and another, and I don't know that we've got a, a particular piece of it yet, but we are now looking at the Nordic diet. You know, there's always this diet and that diet and the other diet and the one we should look at and the one we shouldn't consider, and The Nordic diet will lower cholesterol and blood sugar, according to this particular study from the University of Copenhagen. But it's not like the Mediterranean diet, which also does these things. (laughs) I'm not sure if it has more to do with your body type or if it has more to do with your genetic heritage. It's hard to tell. But what they've been working on, um, this, this whole Nordic, I mean, it's still the difference in saturated and unsaturated fats. It has to do with maintaining sugar levels and all of these sorts of things. It's just funny because now the next is going to be all the books about Mediterranean diet. Now the next ones are going to be about, all about the Nordic diet. And then we're going to have to realize that eating protein from more different sources is actually healthier for you than any one thing. Um, one of the people on social media going around now is this lovely woman looks beautiful and they say she eats nothing except chicken nuggets has not eaten anything else in five years I, I don't know i don't believe that first of all but i also think that that's a little bit of an odd choice and at the same time if she's perfectly healthy then she's perfectly healthy who knows <laughs> those cherokee bean plants by the way um they 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 just get big and they never fly flower and i'm i'm a I'm going to look at this and see what I, what advice I can give you. It's Ryan in Riceville. Thank you for letting me know that. That does help. Gives me a, a physical space to be considering. Um, any rate, this is the whole business of what protein we're going to eat and whether or not we're going to eat Nordic or Mediterranean. It, doesn't it come down to what's available and what we can afford or grow? I mean, come on. That's why we're gardeners, isn't it? <laughs> Stick around, friends. There's a lot to do today. Your phone calls, your texts, and some more of this information that just seems to be pouring in on my desk today. This is Weekend Gardening. Carry on with darkness all about. You want the screen shut. Carry on. Carry on. Don't cry, baby. Look at where you've been. Your needs carry on, carry on. Your head is full of doubt. You can't figure it out. Carry on. I think the teacher's asleep. Looks like he's dreaming. Man, I can't wait to hang up my team mascot. <laughs> I-, I think he's having a nightmare. 
No, this is part of his lesson plan. He's trying to show us that calling Mississippi 811 before you dig is so easy, you can do it with your eyes closed. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investments by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. Family Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Dream Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> The new degree of comfort. Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a Black Label Bridge Builder, please visit Key's website at keyconstructors.com. Please also follow at Key Constructors on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to see regular updates on the Black Label Bridge Builders. Spillway Diner would like to salute all healthcare and first responders for putting your life on the line to help so many. You are the true heroes. Thank you from Curtis and staff at Spillway Diner. Magnolia Health is made for Mississippi. A statewide network of specialists and primary care physicians at more than 17,000 locations. Community outreach programs and quality jobs for nearly 400 Mississippians. Our commitment to building healthier communities in Mississippi has never been stronger. Learn more at magnoliahealthplan.com slash benefits. So when we brought him home, we didn't realize that Bear the Rescue Dog was actually sick. He had very flaky skin. He was dropping a lot of fur. And Lavette wanted to do steroid injections, special dog food. Nothing seemed to work. So that was at a dead end. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I've been hearing Dinovite on the radio for years. It never actually crossed my mind to try it until it finally sunk in. Oh, you're talking about hair and skin. And all right, <laughs> I'll try it. Well, it took probably six weeks, but after we started using Dinovite, no more flaky skin. He doesn't scratch and itch, and he started to put weight on. Dinovite is nutrition. I wish that we would have started the Dinovite right away. It would have been so much easier. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. Every rescue dog in America deserves Dinovite for 90 days. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com.
my apologies to my friends and the brilliant gardeners of the Jackson Garden Club. Um, the GardenClubofJackson.com is where you're going to find all the information about their tour. This is the best one yet, and I've been to a couple of them, so I can tell you just because I know a couple of these gardens, it's going to be spectacular. My apologies to Colette and Evie. I I just lost my numbers, and I'm so sorry. Um, thank you very much for letting me talk about the tour because it's a big deal. Their benefits are to lots of things. They do such wonderful work. And of course you all know that I'm just I'm fond of them very personally. Um there's there's art, there's flowers, there's food, there's fun, there's just great places to go and please take yourself over simply to oh yeah I know that one right there I'm looking at pictures of them now you'll see a beautiful slideshow <laughs> at gardenclubofjackson.com even if you can't go look at the pictures but the, it's a very reasonable price great tickets coming up in early April that's why I wanted to talk about it today but we will talk about it again in the next couple of weeks I promise okay okay now um, Meadowbrook Highlands is the neighborhood if you know what that is and, and if you don't it doesn't matter just go to gardenclubofjackson.com and check it out. Really beautiful stuff. I'm going to have to get Ryan to send me a picture of his flower, his his plant rather, because I want to see what it looks like. And I asked him to do that to mama on air at yahoo.com, which is where you can get in touch with me. Um, let's see. Brett's got a new favorite, speckled butter beans. That's a wonderful plant. If, if you've never grown them before, it's a very vigorous bean and one that is absolutely delicious. Um, John's now in Pisgah. Hey, John. Um, it looks like a, looks like Bradford pear to me, escaped pear, but from the shape of the tree as well as the way the flowers look, it looks like the escaped, um, Bradford pear. And I say escaped because they do get, they're not as fancy when they're, they seed themselves out into the side road, <clears throat> or excuse me, or in behind the levee or somewhere like that. You'll see them in, Absolutely beautiful upside down ice cream cone shapes the trees that have been cultivated, but many times they make seeds which go elsewhere, and we end up with that. Or it could be a pear if it smells like a, if it if it has greater distinctive smell, it's probably the pear. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, Ken, I think you're going to have to replant that one. You absolutely are. <laughs> Y'all are funny. <laughs> Homer and Clarksdale, welcome into the show. <laughs> What are you going to tell me? Hey, uh, Ms. Neal, how you doing? I'm great. Thank you for calling. It's Homer. Uh, I was calling to, uh, first of all, I got some greens in. They're coming up. Oh, good, uh, good. I'm excited. That's wonderful. Uh, yeah. Well, one thing about gardening, the worst thing that can happen is sometimes you lose a little time and you learn something. That's true. Nobody's going to. Because that's what I like about You're it. very, uh, it's exactly right. That's why we enjoy it so much. <laughs> yes. Um, now, you're going to tell me why the dog, how the dog catches the car. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, when I was in probably like the, I guess, two or three years before I started driving, and I ended up buying me a little old car in the 11th grade. But anyway, me and my cousin, we had a dog that ran after we. Basically, what you said, we lived on a long, dead-end street. I mean, this is out in the country. And they were bored. And <laughs> they chased everything. Dog, every car that came up the road, this dog would run after it like he was going to tear that tire up. So when I bought a car, I told my cousin, I said, 
go down the road a piece, out of sight, and just come back up the road. We lived on a rock. It was a rock road at the time. Mm-hmm. And this dog, he heard the car coming, and he took out of the yard running. And I told him, before he went down the, down the road, I told him, I said, when, you, when he gets at that tire, just lock the brakes up and just lock them up and let the car slide. <laughs> uh, Miss Neal, I was standing out there in the yard. This dog, looked. he looked at that tire and went, uh, that tire stopped. He was biting at it. <laughs> What's he going to do? <laughs> I mean, like he was going to tear it up. And when he locked the brakes up and, and just stood there, he looked at that tire confused, and then he looked back at me. <laughs> and then he looked back at the tire, and he just turned around and walked back to the house. <laughs> oh, Homer, I love that. You know, and that and that's kind of like life, isn't it? Sometimes our our best expectations get met, and then we're really surprised. <laughs> we're confused. <laughs> you are so right. Listen, tell me, tell me how the greens are doing. Everything's growing. You're getting ready to harvest. Where are we at? Well, I just put them in uh, the end of February. Of course, they germinate a little slow this time of year, but mm-hmm. I walked up, I think, a couple of days ago and looked at, I didn't plant a, a, at big fields uh, because the time limit is so small mm-hmm. in the spring before mm-hmm. the buds get busy. You're right. Uh, but I've got quite a few, but they're coming up. Good, good. Someone told me the other day that... Um, he didn't mean to, but he had started growing winter greens as a trap crop for the bugs in the spring. Because they would, he planted it at one edge of his garden, and he realized a little while later that the squash wasn't getting near, eaten nearly as badly, but the greens were a mess, and he had just left them over there for it. So I think that's the definition of a trap crop, is something you can get the bugs to stay on. Unfortunately, when we're looking for greens, that doesn't help us a whole lot. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. That's so funny. I'm going to think about your car and that poor dog on the rock road. Thank you, Homer. Good to hear from you today. That's fun. <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh, my goodness. We're all we're going to go rocking and rolling. You know, you have to figure out where's where's the dog and, where, and then stop the car. <laughs> I like it. I like it. One of the questions that is always asked, um, you know, this is the time of year when we think about lots of competition, whether it's. My, it, you know, I've got Tigers versus Tigers this afternoon. I'm in real trouble because the JSU Lady Tigers are playing against my LSU Lady Tigers. Who am I going to root for? I have to root for everybody in that case. But there's an, always a question about how does your brain get you to compete? Why do some people really like it? Why do some people never want to do it at all? And I'm, I think we're getting some more information Interestingly enough, how your how your mind takes on that winning mindset, okay? How do we figure out what to do and what's going to make it work better for us? They're doing some work on that, publishing in Nature. But we've also got another brain circuit study from Max Planck Florida Institute for the for neuroscience that's telling us about how do we get it to go? In other words, whether it's um, how, how are you going to execute what you've decided to do? That certainly goes at times into competition as directly do the brain neurons that drive all of this stuff. So it's really interesting stuff that this is all to me. The Salk Institute, Max Planck, and the Massachusetts General folks are all basically studying how do we make our minds up to compete? How does the competition work? 
and where do we put it all in our heads? I'm I'm happy to say that uh, it does make a difference in the situation. And sometimes that's the way we are about gardening. This particular bit of study tells us that if you're reaching for the last piece, piece of pizza and you realize that your your child wants it, do you take it? You might let your little sister have it. You might not. But you're probably, if your boss is reaching for it, you're probably going to defer and let your boss have it. I don't know if that's true. And it, it, it's just one of those pieces that goes into the puzzle about where your social rank is, where your competitiveness kicks in, and where your generosity tends to stand a little taller. I tend to think it stands a little taller in the garden myself, so I'm in hopes that all of you will have a wonderful, wonderful week. Take care of yourselves and each other, and of course, take care of those plants, because yep, we're done with winter, technically, but we may not be done with cold weather quite yet. Appreciate Ken Hackman next week. I will see all of you at the magnificent, absolutely beautiful place of Gaddison McLaurin on April 2nd. Thank you, and take care. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of South Communication. March into spring with a new Mazda from Mazda of Jackson. Right now, get 0.9% financing on every 2022 Mazda in stock. That's right, 0.9% APR, which will save you thousands in finance charges. Plus, get 750 finance cash and 0.9% APR on Mazda CX-9s. And Mazda of Jackson will take care of your first year's maintenance at no cost to you. Shop right now at MazdaofJackson.com. It's our mission to give you great deals while treating you like family every single day. Plus, you can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250000 mile powertrain warranty from Mazda of Jackson. Our incredible credit team will work hard to get you approved. 100% credit approval is always our number one goal. Bring in your current vehicle and we'll buy it, even if you don't buy a new one from us. Don't overpay for your next new Mazda. Get to Mazda of Jackson today and march into spring, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. MazdaofJackson.com. See dealer for details with approved credit on select models. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.